Welcome back, friends, to your daily dose of ancient wisdom. We continue our reading today of Srimad Bhagavata, Book 1, Discourse 11, The Right Royal Reception of Sri Krishna at Dwaraka. Sutta continued, Reaching his highly prosperous territory of Anartha, Sri Krishna blew his great conch Panchajanya to soothe, as it were, the grief of his people caused by his long absence. Being thus blown, the conch with its white bulb turned red on account of its contact with the rosy lips of the Almighty Lord, shone resplendent with his lotus palms like a loudly singing swan perched on a pair of red lotuses. Hearing that familiar blast, which scared away the terror of the world, the entire population of Dwaraka sailed forth to meet him. Longing to see their Lord, they respectively brought their presents to the Lord, who rejoiced in his own self and was ever perfect in his own inherent bliss, even as one would offer lights to sun God, the ultimate source of all light, and their countenance beaming with joy. They addressed him, the friend and the protector of all, in a voice choked with delight, even as children would speak to their father. O Lord, we ever bow down before your lotus feet, adorned even by Brahma, the creator, Lord Shiva, Brahma's son, and Indra, the ruler of gods, the supreme resort of these aspiring the highest bliss or final beatitude and beyond the realm of Kala, the time spirit, the supreme ruler of all created beings. Be pleased to promote our happiness, O creator of the universe, for you are the mother and the disinterested friend, our Lord and our Father. Nay, you are our true perceptor and supreme deity. We have become blessed by serving you. Oh, how fortunate are we in having you as our Lord, since we behold your lovely form, the abode of all charms, and your countenance with its loving smiles and affectionate looks, a rare sight even for God's residing in heaven. Whenever, O oh Lord, with lotus eyes, you depart for Hastinapura or to Mathura to see your friends and relations, Every moment that passes without you appears to us as long as a married year, and we feel as miserable as eyes without the sun. O Atyuta, hearing the words of praise uttered by people of Dwaraka, the Lord who is so fond of his devotees entered the city, extending his grace to all through his looks. Even as the city of Bhogavati, the capital of the region of Patala, is guarded by the Nagas, a race of serpents that are capable of assuming any shape they like, the city of Dwaraka was protected by the Madhus, the Bhojas, and Dasarhas. The Arhas, the Kukkuras, and the Andhakas, and the Vrishnis, the branches of Yadurais, who were all in their equal own equals in strength and equaled by none. It was adorned with lotus lakes that were surrounded by orchids, gardens, 
parks full of sacred trees and arbor riches in all products of every season the gates of the city and the palaces as well as the thoroughfares were adorned with festoons as a mark of festivity the city was further decorated with flags and banners of various shapes and designs the fluttering ends of which intercepted the sun here and there its highways streets bazaars the quadrangles had been thoroughly cleaned and sprinkled with scented water and were strewn with fruits flowers unbroken rice and sprouts that had been rained on the lord as something auspicious the entrance of every house in the city was adorned with curds unbroken rice fruit and sugarcane pitchers full of water offering incense and lights the noble minded vasudeva shri krishna's father and akrura vasudeva's cousin and king ugrasena shri krishna's maternal grand uncle and shri rama balarama shri krishna's elder brother of marvelous prowess and pradyumna and char charutsena rukmini's son and samba jambavati's son in transport of joy quitted their beds and seats and even meals on hearing of the return of their most beloved shri krishna excited with emotions and full of joy and esteem they placed a lordly elephant at their head to serve as good omen and accompanied with brahmanas reciting the benedictory hymns and equipped with articles of good omen they mounted their chariots and sailed forth to meet the lord amidst the blast of conches and trumpets and the chanting of vedic hymns the chief among the courtesans whose faces looked very charming with their cheeks irradiated by the splendid earrings proceeded in their hundreds in palquins eager to have a look at him even so actors dancers and songsters as well as the panegres birds and mistrels glorified the wonderful exploits of lord of excellent renown the lord on that occasion met his kinsmen attendants as well as the citizens in appropriate manner and showed his consideration to all gratifying them all down to the paraya by bowing down his head greeting in respectful terms clasping to the bosom pressing the hand of and greeting with smiles and endearing looks and granting them boons of their choice and himself blessed by elders the brahmanas and their wives the aged folks and others including the panegres the Al- almighty lord entered the city as shri krishna was passing along the main road the women of respectful families of dwaraka went up to the top of their mansions or saunaka to enjoy the grand fest of his sight the bosoms of lord achyuta in the abode of shri the goddess of prosperity his countenance a cup of nectar for all eyes to drink from his arms the habitat of guardians of different world who ever reside in them his lotus like feet the home to the bees like devotees 
May each of his limb is an embodiment of elegance. That is why the eyes of the residents of Dwaraka knew no satiety, even though they beheld him every day. With the white umbrella spread over his head and a pair of chauris waving on both sides and flowers raining all round, the lord who was clad in yellow robes and adorned with his garland of silver flowers shone on the road like a cloud with the sun shining overhead, a pair of moons moving in circle about it, stars scattered all around and a rainbow and flashes of lightning illuminating it. First of all, he entered the palace of his parents, Devaki and Vasudeva, and gladly bowed his head to all. His seven mothers, Devaki and others, who in their turn clasped him to their bosoms. As they placed their son in their lap, milk flowed from their breasts, even in their old age, due to their affection for him. And besides themselves with joy, they bathed him in tears. He next entered his own palace, unsurpassed by any other, which was equipped with all that could be desired and had a separate mansion for each of his concert, 16,000 in odd in number. The ladies felt overjoyed at heart to behold from a distance their lord, who had returned home after a long absence, and with bashful eyes and faces they quickly abandoned their seats as well as their thought on him, not that he is present before them in person, and as all vows of austerity that they had taken during the absence of their Lord. Full of infinite love, they embraced their Lord, first mentally, then by their sight, and lastly by their body, as well as through their babes, under the pretext of offering the babes for his embrace, or in person of the babes themselves, according to Maxim, that is the father himself who was born in the shape of his son. The tears which they had so far kept within the corners of their eyes, out of their bashful nature, now trickled down in spite of themselves, O Savanaka, the foremost of Brugels, since they could no longer control their emotions. Although he remained by their side, and that too in their private chamber, his feet appeared to them as full of fresher charm every moment. What woman could cease to love those feet which even Sri, the goddess of fortune, cannot abandon even for a moment, though noted for her fickleness? Even as the wind burns, a whole thicket of bamboos by producing fire through the abrasions of one bamboo against the other, so did Sri Krishna work the mutual destruction in the shape of Mahabharata war of princes who had proved a burden to the earth since their very birth and grown with power, powerful in meantime by putting one against other and in like manner brought about the extermination of their hosts as well. Himself adhering to his woe of not taking up arms and having thus accomplished the object of his descent on earth, he became silent. It was the same Lord who, having appeared in his mortal world, 
in his own playful way, sported in the midst of thousands of most charming women like a worldly man, stung by their guiliness and winsome smiles and bashful looks that bespoke their profound love. Even Cupid, the conqueror of the world, fainted and dropped his bow. These jewels among women, however, could not disturb the serenity of his mind by their enormous, enormous gestures. Finding him actively engaged like themselves, the people ignorant as they are, look upon him who is absolutely unattached as a human being full of attachment. Herein lies the divinity of the Almighty Lord, that even though abiding in Prakriti the matter, he never gets tainted by the gunas or the modes of Prakriti, just as a mind that has taken refuge in him is never contaminated by the gunas of Prakriti abiding in it. May those ignorant ladies Shri Krishna's concerts, themselves little knowing his greatness, looked upon him as a henpecked husband devoted to their services in private chamber, even as the notions of ahemness con conceive of God as sharing their own characteristics. This ends the 11th discourse entitled The Entry of Sri Krishna into Dwaraka, forming part of the story relating to Naimisha Forest in Book 1 of the Great and Glorious Bhagavata Purana, otherwise known as Paramahamsa Samhita. Thank you.